Hello, superstars. Welcome to the Up Your Creative Genius podcast, where you will gain insight and tips to stomp on the accelerator and blast off to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Patty Dobervolsky, and if this is your first time tuning in, then strap in because this is serious rocket fuel. Each week, I interview fellow creative geniuses to help you learn how easy it is to up your creative genius in any part of your life. Hey, everybody, it's Patty Dobervolsky with Up Your Creative Genius. Oh, my God. Today, I have just one of my favorite people in the universe, Dina Perot. Now, listen, so if you don't know who Dina Perot is, I'm going to give you the lowdown on her, and then she's going to tell us about herself. But first, I just want to say thank you to everyone who has been subscribing and listening to the podcast and writing reviews. Oh, you like drove us up in the charts. It's fantastic. I love it. And I'm so grateful. I am because this podcast is all about making change, how you can make change happen. And I've invited all these change makers who have decided to change the world for other people or for themselves or their business. And so Dina Perot is a serious change maker. I got to read you her. A bio. Okay. So she is a sought after diversity strategist, talent acquisition professional, and international keynote speaker, no doubt. She's created cutting edge DEI programs that yield results and impact. And you know, we need that. Okay. But here's what I want to say. She served on a number of boards. She's really super amazing. And she started iUrban Teen, which really helped to advance and allow for kids who didn't have access to computers to get them. And so I know you're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we go on, I want to say this, that she was honored to be acknowledged by President Barack Obama as a White House champion of change for technology inclusion and by Ebony Magazine on their Power 100 list. She is like Ben in Essen Magazine, the top 50 black female founders. She's just amazing. I'm telling you, if I showed you this list of awards, you we would be here forever. But oh my God, welcome to the show, Dina Perot. Woo! Oh, You're amazing. Oh, wow. Thank you. I, you know, when I hear that stuff, I'm going, is that me that did all that? You know, because a lot of times you're so busy working and creating and working and creating that you have to sometimes stop and look back at, you know, I did this. I know it. I did this. Oh, I I, I was getting ready to cuss. I got it because that's okay. You should have seen somebody else I had was just F bomb every other word. Oh, it's all right. You're all right. Yeah, so, but, no, but I here's the thing. You are just incredible. And I met you because somebody decided that we should meet. We hooked up. We had lunch together with and it was Layla Bell, Layla yeah. Bell, your granddaughter yeah. in Portland. And we were both like, what are we doing in Portland? Wow, this place is weird. I mean, you know, it was so weird there. And neither one of us live there anymore. So there you have it, right? I know. There right. you have it. But did you think it was just an instant connection? I it mean, was. your personality, my, it was just like, look, instant I know it. friends. I know it. Know? It's so good. And so I've just been following. Honestly, I stalk you all the time to see what you're up to. And then I like post things about Rose Dana Pro. She's so amazing. So follow <laughs> her and do stuff with her. Now, tell us if you would, in your own words, like tell us about you and how you got started doing what you're doing and, you know, anything you want to share about it. 
Well, you know, if I'm going to try to make it a shorter story, because usually I tell this long story, but with <laughs> international the keynote speaker that goes on and on, on and on <laughs> and on. Sometimes I think I'm a Baptist preacher. But, exactly. Um, we love that. <laughs> but, you know, I always like to say, what's the why? You know, what's yeah. your why and things that you do? And sometimes you end up in a space that you didn't think you would be in, you know, yeah. 10, 15, 20 years ago. So I kind of fell into the diversity equity work back in the 90s when I moved up to Portland from Compton, California. All right. So there you go right now. Compton, California. I'm from LA, so I know all about Compton. But moving to Portland is a pretty white, white city. Girl, let me tell you, it's the whitest (laughs) white folks I've ever seen in my life. Okay. (laughs) And I even started fading. I was not this color in California. (laughs) But I instant, but Patty, I instantly saw this disconnect. I saw this inequity on how people of color, especially the black community was treated. Yeah. You know, I was called the N word. I don't know how many times and I'm going, I've never been called that in California. Right. Not that it doesn't happen, but it didn't happen to me. Right. I also saw when working in the workplace, the inequities there as well. I also saw how my own people and other people of color kind of were a little complacent to things where they didn't know how or didn't feel like they needed to advocate for themselves. Yeah. Well, would they just let it slide? When they things would let happen, it slide. They'd let it slide and just go yeah. with it. Like, well, that's the way it is here. And see, that was not me. Harry. Oh, no, yeah. not me yeah. at all. No. And so I instantly started creating different forums and different initiatives at the city of Portland. And it was interesting because I worked for a director at a bureau who was from the East Coast, and he wholeheartedly gave me the platform to do what I did. All right. I felt that he truly trusted my decisions. Yes. He believed in diversity and equity and gave me the floor and let me run with it. And I ran like hell. So I was able to create, like I created the city's affinity groups that they have or employee resource groups in partnership with the mayor's office, the commissioners and all that, and made it really meaty. I created so many different initiatives. Oh my gosh. I made sure that all of our interview panels were diverse. I ensured that all of our panels for contract reviews were diverse. And that was in the nineties. Oh my God. Wow. That's crazy. But I also advocated for myself and that scared a lot of people. You know, because there's this woman of color, a black woman that is holding her own and not letting you get away with this. Uh, And so, but what made me sad, Patty, was a lot of the employees from different bureaus would come to me and they would go, Dina, can you ask my boss if I could do this, if I can go here? Oh, my God. That's sad. You know, and I makes me sad, too, because that means that they don't feel empowered enough to go. Well, they don't have the confidence to go, maybe because somebody slapped them down. You know what I mean? Exactly. This is what happens. Yeah. Fear of of losing your job. Exactly. And so I would tell them, no, you can tell them. And this is what you say and how you say it. Yeah, they still wouldn't do it. So I would still go to their directors and ask these questions. And so. But someone told me, and I remember this, this was in like the late 90s. One of my own folks from the Black community said, Dina, you're too opinionated. You rock the boat too much. You have to make them comfortable, meaning I needed to make white people comfortable. Uh And I'm like, I don't need to make anybody comfortable. Exactly. And I I say, hold on a second. What plantation did I just arrive on? Exactly. 
That's and right. so, but that kind of pushback from not only the white community, but my own community made me try harder. Right. Yeah. And so, That's so I was creating initiatives that were way ahead of their time and people are just now catching on. Right. <laughs> so yeah. that was my quest. And that was my journey into the diversity, equity, belonging, inclusion arena. And so I still get asked from different companies to either keynote or to lead their teams on edgy, innovative ways to change policy. How do you look at this through an equity lens? Yes. And how do you do it? Not me, not how I do it. How do you do it, right? Yeah. Within those companies. So that was the DEI journey. Yeah. Now let's go to Ironman team. Yeah, because I want to talk about them. I know you want to talk so about I my love them. team. Well, the other thing is that, I mean, honestly, I'm a gay woman. So you can imagine my story isn't exactly the same, but it is about you. You have to come out every second. And then, you know, I live in Texas now. So come on, people. I had to go meet my neighbors and my neighbors were kind of like really skeptical about us. And then, you know, a young transgender kid came and left a card at our door and said, thank goodness you have that sign in your front lawn, because now I know that there's possibility for me. Oh, see, right. You never know. You You never never know know who you're the role model for or what pathways you're helping to create someone, how you're helping their voice be heard. You never know. But for you, or just to think if you didn't speak up, if you didn't feel comfortable in your own skin, think about the health issues, the mental health issues Yes, that would be steaming inside. That's why I tell people, say something. If you feel that you just had a micro or macro aggression thrown your way, Say something. It may not be that instant. It may not be that same day. It may not be that week. But at some point, I need to come to Patty and say, Patty, you know what you mentioned to me, what you said to me last week, blah, blah, blah. It really felt like a microaggression. That's how it felt for me. How can we bridge this? You know, how can we do this differently? You need to be comfortable enough to have that kind of conversation. Don't own that shit. Okay. Yeah. Don't take it in. Don't take it in. in. Don't try to change yourself. This is me. Like, I remember I wanted to write a book called How to Be Yourself in Corporate America because you have to be yourself. You have to be yourself. And you cannot. I mean, now, thankfully, some things are breaking open, but in big companies, it's still the same. I still say that's not the company for you if if you feel that way. And that's why I tell all of my folks and even our students in Ironman team, yeah. One of the things we teach them is how do you best advocate for yourself? Oh, I right? love that. I yeah, love that. So that how did now. you start that? How did well, you start iUrban Teen? You know, the story goes, I was a commissioner <laughs> here on Governor Gregoire's Commission on African-American Affairs back in 2006 to 2011. And at the time, all of our ethnic commissions were talking about the opportunity gap issue, especially for male youth of color. Yeah, You know, falling through the cracks, being marginalized, disenfranchised, not having a clear pathway. And I'm an entrepreneur. I'm not one to sit back in meetings and boards and just talk something to death over and over, over. Right. We got to get things going. We got to make some happen. Yeah, 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 you got to make some happen now. So (laughs) I instantly started looking in my community, seeing how if our families knew about the Running Start program. which is an amazing program where kids can graduate high school with not only a diploma, but with an associate's degree. The issue was a lot of our brown and black families weren't aware of it because the school counselors weren't telling them. Yeah, of course not. That's right. Of course not. And so we were making sure that happened. Then I was asked to participate 
on a chief information officer council in Portland. And I told my friend Mark, who arranged these for these councils all across the country, but I'm not a CIO. He goes, I know that, but you're innovative and we need you. So I went, okay, works for me. And so I went to the very first meeting, Patty, and I was a little late <laughs> getting to the party. And so I opened the door and it's a room full of white men. Yeah. So imagine me walking in there with an Afro wig on. All right. I had a big curly Afro wig. Yes. I had a leopard print jacket, blazer. Yes. <laughs> and big hoop earrings. I love I, it. <laughs> I went, oh, I went, oh, okay. And so, <laughs> so during that oh meeting, <laughs> during that meeting, I was sitting there and I said to myself, okay, so over here we have these youth who are being disenfranchised, marginalized, yeah, clearly don't have a pathway for success. But in this room is where the opportunities are. That's right. So how do I bridge this divide? And yeah. during that lunch meeting, I thought of Irvintine. And within six months, we launched with the help of some of those men in the room who were still engaged with me after all of these years. Oh, that's and so fantastic. we launched Irvintine in October 2011, exactly 10 years ago. This is our 10th year anniversary. Wow, that yeah, is yeah. incredible. And I knew from the first event that we had to keep going because I saw this magic happening you know, during those sessions, because everything we do is fast paced, hands on, kind of eclectic, cool, kind of funky, you know, all of that, but it grabs them. It grabs their attention. Yeah. So which they need, which they need. So since we launched in that 2011, we have since launched in Seattle, Los Angeles, Dallas, Houston. We've also uh, we're hoping to launch in New York and also in Miami, Florida, as well as several other cities in 2022 and 2020. Does that mean you get to go to those cities and I go do. to the launch? They see now that's right. And when you I were do. coming to Texas, come on, you should call me because that's where I, I am. am now. Are yeah. you in Dallas? Or are you in Houston or Austin? I'm in or Fort where? Worth. I'm close enough. I could come that's to Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. Dallas. De- well, you know, definitely. we're going to be working with the city of Dallas on expanding our right. programs there. So there we go. I will definitely let you know. That's for sure. I love it. All right. So you set up iUrban Youth, right? And you really helped them to create some programs that gave them access they didn't have before to tools and resources. And do you do internships too? How did you set all that up? We do. You know, we started just kind of grassroots having these paid internship programs in Portland for high school students Yeah, with partnership with Cigna. And then there was a company, IOTIS, that was there as well. And now, because we've had so many youth over the years that have yeah. been with our program, now they're in college. So we had to launch iUrban University. Oh, yeah, I that bet. Is, that is for our over 18 crowd. Yeah. And so now Do we Do they have, get mentorship and things like get, this? Yeah. We have mentors that work with them. Yeah. We have diverse instructors that work with them. And in all, the thing that for this iUrban University, that's where we have our scholarships. We have our paid college internships there. And now we are launching a support engineer training program with Microsoft that launches early next month. I love it. And that's, so we have women, we have black women in this first first cohort ages 19 to 46. 
that will be trained by Microsoft and also go through the certification process where they can get jobs starting at 80 to 90,000 a year after 120 hours worth of training. Uh, Oh my God. That's so fantastic. Now is this black women in STEM? Mm -mm. That's separate. That's separate. That's IRT. Oh my God. That is so incredible. All right. So now talk about your latest thing, black women in STEM. 2.0 and STEM 2.0. And we call it 2.0 because, you know, we changed the M in STEM to manufacturing because math is interwoven in all the other elements as well in sciences and technology and engineering. Math is already interwoven in that. So we wanted to add manufacturing because that's a segment that's sometimes overlooked in the whole STEM arena. Definitely. So a couple of years ago, some of my colleagues and I wanted to create a platform or an association for women that are in those spaces that we can brainstorm, have training sessions for, conferences for, and basic networking and and also sisterhood, sister fellowship. That's right. And so that's what we did. And so this year, you know, we were supposed to have our conference last year, but because in Texas, but because of COVID, we had to cancel. Of course. So this year we are having the conference and it's a hybrid where we will have in-person events and virtual sessions. I love And it's that. this Friday and Saturday here in Bellevue, you know, which is a community it's, it's right outside the, of Seattle. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Mm-hmm. I love that. All right. So look at how many, I just, so for those of you that are listening, so here is somebody that saw a need way back in the nineties and then just built that, you know, went to bat for everything that she believes in, and then started to build the infrastructure to help other people. And this is what we're talking about is when you want to make change in the world, like yours is about big change in the world so that it will impact, you know, your grandkids, it will impact your neighbors, your community. So these are the things that you did, but you are such an innovator because you sat in that room of all those. This is me. I'm imagining that because that's me, too. I walk in I know. rooms with all white men and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, OK, <laughs> now we're going to have fun. Now I'm going to be myself and you guys are going to love me at the end or else. Right. Yeah. Um, and part of it is that you have to use your woo strength, but you also have to in that moment, you have to really build a bridge between your state of consciousness and theirs. And yeah. that's what you are you excel at that. Well, How do you do. do that? How do you do that? What is it that you do that you tap into in yourself to hear what needs to be done? Well, you know, I just kind of sit back. I think I blame my mom for making me think and understand that I could do anything. Right. Yeah. And I believed it. I fell for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I still believe I still know. It's not that I believe. I know that I can do anything. Well, right? and you have such a history that there's mm-hmm. no reason why you shouldn't believe. But what if you're a young person coming up or even if you've been working in a corporation for a long time or working for somebody else in the city for a long time and you feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, but it's too late and I'm almost going to retire. Why would I want to rock the boat? What would you say to them? Oh, it's never too late. It's never too late. Like I just turned 63, you know, on October 6th and I'm already, I know I'm already thinking about what's the next best thing. What's the next thing I can do. Right. I don't know how some of us fell into that trap of, okay, well now you're over 50. So it's time to slow down. Everything is downhill from this point on. (laughs) 
I don't know who fed us that malarkey. No, no, that was really, I mean, because now, you know, I'm older than you. So that's fantastic. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm a year older than you. And so we look good, girl. We look uh good. I'm just saying. (laughs) And part of it is that we want to make sure that we're evolving. This is what you're saying is what's my next thing. So that I want to know, like when you have a vision for yourself, what's interesting to you right now? What are you fascinated with that you can tell us about? Well, you know, I think that for me, because I'm so people centered, I really want to do something if it is my own like digital online magazine for women over 50 you know, women of color over 50 in particular, because that's an audience that's overlooked a lot of times. Almost kind of a, like a lifestyle brand type of thing that I want to do. I want to get into podcasting, you yeah. know, like you. So that's what I feel that the next layer is for me. Yes. Something that's really cool and fun. I Urban Team will always be at my heart, but you know, I'm building up the infrastructure now where I have now a managing director for Portland and Southwest Washington. Well, yeah, so you have your directors. infrastructure in there and the people that can do it. And yeah. um, pretty soon it's when do I have all the gears in place where I can just kind of sit back and chill. That's so funny because when I saw you in Portland, you talked about that then. So (laughs) what's true is that you have multiple gears now before you you were just working one gear for a while or two gear, gear, right? Uh And now you've got Uh like four gears all going at the same time. So that I think will be really, really amazing to see. And you know, Who is inspirational to you right now in the world who you look out and you see and you think, wow, that is cool. I like that. Whatever they're doing. Is there anybody that is a role model for you either now or in the past that really has helped you and helps you as you get going on ideas? Do you have like your little cadre of sisterhood that you talk to about things? Well, you know, and that's interesting because I think back on the person that really was my inspiration. And I know it may sound a little corny and all, but it was my mother, you know, and she passed away suddenly in 2010. I am such a rogue that there really isn't anyone out there that I see that I want to learn from or anything. (laughs) And it's sad to say, (laughs) but it's true. Sometimes when you are so, so much into your own channel. Yep. It's hard to, I know. I have a lot, a lot, a lot of mentees or people, women that want to consult with me on how do I do this? How do I do what you do? So, but there's not a whole lot of others that I see that I can connect with or brainstorm on because usually what I'm thinking about and what I'm envisioning is so far out there that no one's been there yet. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. And so really what you're doing is you're tapping into your own creative genius and letting that flow. So Mm -hmm. you just unlock that. And so tell me, what's your daily routine that you go through that helps you unlock your creative genius? What do you do? Well, you know, what I do is I just sit back in early morning hours when it's dead silent and there's no noise, there's no nothing. I haven't even made coffee yet. I just sit in silence. And I just envision what I already have in place, how I can tweak it. How can I make it better? How can I do this? At the same time, how could I add in this creative edge into this that's not been done before? 
you know? So I just kind of, envis- before I write down anything, yes. I first have a vision for it. You know? yes. Then once the vision clicks, I'll start creating an outline for how I want to do this. Then the next step is how am I going to implement this? Yes. You know, what's the impact on these students, on the companies that I work for in the DEI space? Yes. And sometimes yes. when I'm even working with the companies, like right now, I was working with a global tech company and we did something totally different that they hadn't done before yet. Right. Sometimes I'll work with them like this is what I'm thinking. What? How can we do this? So I'll get there. Like I tell companies, you've got to have some skin in the game. I can sit there and talk to you till I'm blue in the face around diversity and equity, but you've got to roll up your sleeves and you've got to help me make this happen. That's right. right? Because it's not going to happen without them. Yeah. Because otherwise you're just a consultant coming in and you're giving them information. Same thing. If I'm drawing a picture of the vision and nobody's attached to it, then it's just a pretty picture. Nobody cares. And see, if I give them the tools on how do they do this internally, where they don't even need me anymore. A lot of times you'll get diversity people thinking or saying that they're diversity experts and consultants that intentionally want to keep that company sick so they can keep getting a paycheck. Oh no, that's so wrong. What is that doing? That is so what wrong. Is, what is that mindset mm. doing for this next level of students coming through Ibentine that might land at your workplace, right? Yeah, exactly. What exactly. is that doing for my sons who are in the workforce now? Yes. What yes. is that going to be doing for my granddaughters who at some point yes. will be in your workspace? I'd rather, I'm this way, and that's why I don't think I'll ever be monetarily rich. I'd rather give them all the tools they can do right now yes. and have and attach it to action, create it, attach it to metrics. Yep. With Everything is letting them know when they need to pivot so that they can be equitable and inclusive workspaces. Don't keep paying me for years and years to keep you sick. Right? Yeah, that's right. Well, and one of the things that I'm listening to is that so you let the ideas germinate about where you are and yeah. then you envision how you could make it better. So this, my friend Dawn calls this spinning the universe. You're really spinning the universe yeah. using your imagination. And then you get a plan. You get it down on paper so that you've got something so that you know, OK, this is what we're going to do. And even if it's with somebody else, you get some partnership in there so that you can make it happen. So you're not the driver of the activity because well, and the thing, the thing you is, can be the driver at the beginning, but you don't want to be the driver for the all the after. way through. Yes, that's but right. I always say this is the hardest thing to do when you are someone like me and like you in that very creative space is find people that share your rhythm. Yeah. Right. Oh, that's find, nice. Find people that share your rhythm. I spent so many years trying to consult with people who they had no idea what I really wanted to do. Right. But I just knew that what they were saying didn't settle well. I'm like, nah. yeah, yeah. And I'm That's like, crazy. thank you. I'm going to yes. say thank you, but yes. no, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So it took me a long time and it's still really hard to try to find those people who share your rhythm, right? Yes. You're one of those people that share my rhythm. Yeah. We got to get things going. I can throw stuff off you back That's and right. forth, back and forth. That's we just right. spend an hour spinning <laughs> ideas, right? <laughs> That's right. But then we got to go do them. We got to get people to help us do them. Like Uh somebody's in the background putting together your Peloton machine right now. Is that right? So if you're listening and you hear like the sound, this clanking. So Dina warned me that they were going to put up her Peloton now. And so whoever's back there doing that, you know, keep going and just know that this is what happens in a creative space. You have got to get 
everything happening at the same time because there's not enough time in the day. There's not do enough you think? time. Yes. Well, now the only thing, Patty, is I'm looking at them putting this Peloton treadmill together. Now I'm going to have to use it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh yes, you are. Oh yes, I'm going to have to use. The well, and and you know, I would say bite off just a small piece of that. Like I just start on things like that. Well, what's true for me is that I know if I don't dive full in and set a goal that seems like, whoa, I wonder if I could do that, then I will really get motivated to do it. I may not do it the next week, but I will that initial week getting myself going. So it's the trick to keep yourself motivated. And that's how it is with change, too. Right. You see something that needs to be changed. You get super excited at the beginning. But how do you maintain your own motivation? How do you maintain it? it? I want to know how you maintain it. You know, for me that and I got to be honest and totally transparent, this whole self-care thing sucks for me because I don't know how to do it. (laughs) I am such a workaholic, but I also learned about myself as I have to do this self-care. I have to learn this piece as much energy that I'm putting into these ideas and these businesses. Yes. I have to put that in me. You know, I have been through a lot of trauma over the last 20 years. One of the coping mechanisms for trauma is to stay busy. Yes. So I stayed super busy. You know, and it wasn't until my husband, my son's father passed away of cancer in 2019 that I actually hit a wall. I hit a wall and I basically almost had a nervous breakdown. And I realized at that point, I said to myself, I'm a smart enough woman to know that I got to walk through this trauma, right? Yeah. Yeah. The trauma that I have been suppressing for over 20 years. And it was a constant. It was a continuum. I just got busier, just revved more up. Yeah. Then I thought about that. Look what I created under trauma, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm honored in the White House under trauma. I'm honored in the Lincoln Center in New York with Oprah, Magic Johnson, all of them because of our routine under trauma, right? Man. I've been all these things under trauma. And yeah. I think that's why it, they all didn't really resonate with me. Well, they don't really sink in. You're like, yeah, yeah, I did that. I yeah. know that because I was on Broadway's things like this yeah. that are major accomplishments. You just sort of brush them kind of, off. Yeah, you don't let busy. them don't let them soak in. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Thank yeah. you so much. And then on to the next thing, because if you slow down too much, yeah. then you have to actually feel what's going on inside of yourself. Exactly. And really, exactly. it takes the passing of somebody who is important to you to wake you up. I think sometimes it for me, a- it did. It was when my mom died. That was when I woke up. I couldn't get yeah. out of bed. Honestly, I couldn't get out of bed. I was just like, I don't know. You know, what's the point? And then I had to deal with all the things that had happened in my life. Right. That's, well, that's what I've been going through over the past couple of years since his death is just sitting still and going through the things like, you know, uh, the things that have happened over the years, me being discriminated against in the workplace and, and, and all the, the pushback that I've had to deal with. And it has been a heavy lift for me with all of my businesses here in the Pacific Northwest. Oh yeah. It's gotta, gotta be, because if you were in LA, you, you'd have a lot more alliances. I would have been, oh yeah. Even if I was in New York, Boston, Chicago, any of the big cities, even even Dallas too. Even Dallas. Dallas. Mm -hmm. I, I I just look at how well we're so embraced in Dallas and in Houston. And, you know, I just came back from Boston. I was in Boston and Portland, Maine, and it was a totally different vibe there as well. Yeah, You know, I just loved it. So I feel that being a black female founder here in the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of hurdles to go through. Yep. 
you know, a lot of hurdles. And um, it was a, a harder path to get here. However, I'm the total optimistic, idealistic person. <laughs> I feel that all of that struggle, all yeah. of the traumas, things that I've gone through, all of the hardships helps make me the mosaic of who I am. Oh, right? this, and you are so beautiful. You're such a beautiful mosaic. That, that is what's true. And what I love about what you said is that, you know, the composite of you and all of us really mm-hmm. is all of the things that we've had to go through all the, yeah. you know, all the N word in your case, all the bottles thrown at me out of somebody's car window in LA, you know, all that stuff. Those are the aggressions that happen. And mm-hmm. what's true is you understand your essence in the universe for good. You know, mm-hmm. you're a vehicle for good. Mm-hmm. And so you take all that and just say, this is who I am. This is yeah. what makes me empathetic, right? This yeah. is where my empathy comes from. And this is where my need for connection and also, this is where my, I don't know about you, but my fuel to make change in the world yeah. comes from. And you're, you're, you're spot on. You are just so incredible. And I'm so grateful that our paths cross because, I gosh, too. I mean, you've just been doing so many things since I saw you in Portland. You were like a little lifeline to me in that weird deli that we were eating in with your cute little granddaughter, who's so, so much older now, Layla Bug. Yeah, she's <laughs> nine years old. She'll be 10 pretty soon. That and is you know, so crazy. I look at her and I see true leadership in her. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was honored at uh, Clark College a couple years ago as a Iris Award winner. Oh, and wow. Cool. When in the audience, my son, his wife and the girls were in the audience. And wow. when I was wow. doing the acceptance piece, <laughs> when I was accepting it, I looked over at my granddaughters and I asked the audience, you know, can I have a moment? I have a message I want to give my granddaughter. Oh, my and God. I, and they said yes. And so I asked my son to put Layla up on stage. And I said, because the other ones were way too little. And so I said, Layla, I said, I hope that one day you'll understand why your grandmother's being honored here tonight. And I also hope that you'll understand the pathway that I'm trying to create for you. I said, Layla, we are standing on the shoulders of our ancestors who were slaves. So it's our responsibility in this life to walk through it with dignity, grace, and integrity. Oh Can my you God. promise me you'll do that? Uh, and she shook her head. Yes. Oh, <laughs> I blew her a kiss. She blew me a kiss. The audience was crying. Oh, I like, bet. Oh, my God. And I said, ladies and gentlemen, in 20 years, she'll be the one receiving this award. So let's give her a round of applause. Oh, and I, I love it. that. Oh. It's speaking it into existence. Well, I see right. such a that's leader. Right. I see such a leader in her. And yeah. I see the empathy, the yeah. empathy in her. There's a young boy in her classroom at school, elementary school who's autistic. And he says that the other kids bully him, but Layla's the only one who's nice for him and stands up for him. Patty, I almost cried because I said, she's got it. That's it. She you know? got it. She got she's, the She got the gene and the she's imprint. She's got the gene. She's she got, got the, the she empathy got the imprint. Yeah. and the leadership to yeah. stand up for others and be fearless with it. Right. Oh, I love it. Stand up for I, others I and be it. fearless and with be it. Fearless I think that's, with it. that should be all of our call to action, you know, really what? stand up for others and be fearless with it. And be so even if you it. can't stand up for yourself, be sure to stand up for other people because it makes a huge 
huge difference. It and really sometimes does. Sometimes that's easier because sometimes yeah. people are they're more skeptical to stand up for themselves and advocate for themselves in the workplace. Yeah. But it's easier to advocate for someone else, you know, yes. and to be that lifeline for yes. someone else as well, if you do it the right way. Yes. You know? mm-hmm. And I think we need it. I mean, I think that if, you know, so many people have been a mentor or an, a door opener for me in my life. And I think for you too, you know, we get yeah. these little doors open and then we open the door way wide for other people. We're like, let's get, okay. We do. Now open everybody those go through. Gates, girl. Open those- <laughs> let's That's go. That's what let's I want to do. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, is that people need to, like for me, I advocate for everybody. It doesn't care yeah. what color you are, what gender, what anything. Yes. I believe in fairness. I don't yeah. like to see inequity placed anywhere for anyone you know and so that's why i always fight the good fight for fairness you do you do yeah you're you're so amazing you are thank you i'm telling you you're so amazing now what i want you to tell people what you're reading right now so they know what they should be reading too what are you reading well right now i'm reading a book called do better and it's all around advocating for others advocating for yourself creating equity where you are. I was just in at the Harvard bookstore in Boston and I saw it and I bought it. And so I just started reading it. Very good read. The other book that I just listened to on audio was cast about the cast. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. It's a long listen and you really, sometimes you got to play it back and all, but it's very, very good. There is another book that I'm also kind of in between around equity in schools. So I'm always yeah. reading that kind of I know. stuff about. Well, you got to, you have to, and, and you too, everybody should be reading that. You know, yeah, you got to just change your mindset all the time mm-hmm. and keep up. That's the thing. The other piece about change is you have to keep up, keep up you with what's to... important for you, and try to push yourself into areas where you don't feel comfortable. So that you can walk into that room filled with white men and you can get what you need from the audience there, right? Oh, God. And you know, it's so funny. When I walked into that room that day, I kind of did the whole church thing with, here I am, so that they can pause the meeting. Yes. So I could walk straight through to the front of yes. the room. And I told some of the guys there, can you move over so I can put a chair here? Because there was chairs in the back of the room, but oh yeah, well that's not going to happen. Back, okay, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> so I went up to the front. I had to move, put a chair there. Oh and the, one of the things that I tell women and people of color when you're in those kind of situations where you are one of none of other people is to be engaged. Don't be that wallflower. So as soon as it came time for uh, questions, yes, I was the first one that raised my hand. And I asked a question that I already knew the answer to, but I did that. And I do that a lot of times in places where they can see I'm here. I'm engaged. I'm a part of this group. That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. I love it. So raise your hand, ask a question, even if you know the answer to even it. Even if you know Make the sure answer. Everybody knows you're in the room. Exactly. Make it, make it happen. And I would say that's true even if you're on Zoom, because in Zoom rooms, it's really important to show up. So you yeah. got to turn your camera on. You got to look your best. Oh, and then you yeah. got to put your hand up and you got to put comments in the chat. Get engaged. All of that. Yeah. yeah. That's fantastic. Because I've been on so many Zoom things where it's a lot of people and these people are just sitting there like quiet or they yeah. have the camera. Entertain off. me. Would you entertain me, please? Yeah. Because I need some entertainment. Yeah. And there's a way to have that engagement even on yeah. Zoom or whatever platform. There's yeah, a definitely. Way to- 
And so, you know, in fact, we're having our STEMoween for the kids. We've had a couple of virtual STEM conferences for the kids. Oh, that's fantastic. They're fast paced, they're fun, they're this and the other, they're engaging, you know, and also I think we've pretty much mastered the engaging online yeah. presence, you yeah. know, for kids and stuff. So, well, you were engaging before when I came and drew with your kids. I mean, that was really, that yeah. was fantastic. I love doing that. So, thanks for asking me to do that. Oh, I and know. They loved it too. It was super fun. Now, Okay. So give us one last tip before we let you go. What's your one tip about change that you would tell to people, say to people, you know, people who are wanting to make a change, what do you recommend that they do? I would recommend that they learn how to embrace it. Change is inevitable. Yeah. So my biggest tip is to be comfortable with change, be comfortable with the pivot, always be that constant learner. I mean, I truly embrace change. Even if it's things that I have no control of, I try to understand it and all. But even for myself, looking at, well, the Peloton, that's going to be change for me because I'm going to commit. (laughs) I'm going to embrace. Look, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to look like Beyonce in about six months. Okay, that's That's right. I'm going to embrace. You can. You You will. Either like like her grandma, somebody. (laughs) But, But yeah, so I can't imagine not looking forward to the future and change that happens. I think that when you are afraid of change, when you try to stop change, I think that's when you stop growing. Yeah. And when you stop growing, then you're going backwards. You know, you're going backwards. You either go forwards or you go backwards or you go backwards. So you got to keep going. My tip is to embrace it, to embrace change. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love you. You're so fantastic. I love you too, Thank you so much for spending this time with us. Listeners, we're going to put into the show notes how you can get a hold of Dina Perot because you're going to want to follow her on Instagram and Facebook, wherever, all LinkedIn, all the places that she is. So look in the show notes. And I just... Take this to heart, what she said, embrace change. We live in a time of flux. If we're not going to get to a new normal, flux is our new normal. So get good at change. And I can't wait to see what you do. So if you like what you heard, you know, be sure to write a review about it or send me a DM and Instagram because we'd love to have you back. And loved that you tuned in today to listen to all about Dina Perot. I love you, Dina. Love you too for being here. Thank you for having me on. Take care. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to DM me on Instagram your feedback or takeaways from today's episode on Up Your Creative Genius. Then join me next week for more Rocket Fuel. Remember, you are the superstar of your universe and the world needs what you have to bring. So get busy. Get out and up your creative genius. And no matter where you are in the universe, here's some big love from yours truly, Patty Dobervolsky, and the Up Your Creative Genius podcast. That's a wrap. <laughs>